Hi, I'm Kelly Harlock. And I'm Sasha Kelly. And you're listening to oh, the final episode <laughs> of That Classical Podcast. Guys, hold in your tears. We'll save them for later. Okay. So, Kelly, I've got such a large box of tissues next to me ready. Oh, for my this goodness, me too. Very emotional. Oh, it's going to get journey. snotty up in here, guys. But right off the bat, we want to say that we announced this week on social media that we'd be ending the podcast and we have been absolutely overwhelmed by all your messages. They have just been so lovely, so genuine, so Mm. many stories about discovering the podcast and being on the journey with us and Mm. um but also so many really understanding messages of, you know, really understanding that sometimes in life it is time to as Andrea Bocelli says, (laughs) say goodbye. Um, but the big question that keeps coming through is why so kelly do you want to wrap it up for us as annie lennox once asked um yeah you know what ladies and gents lads and lassies as i as i traditionally say Mm. i'll level with you chris and i um big chris plan and i started this when we were like 25 years old bright young things because there was there was nothing out there there were Mm. there were no kind of i want to say fun (laughs) classical podcast for like a younger uh less familiar audience and Mm. all we wanted to do we wanted to make people laugh we wanted to make people learn a bit and just give classical music a chance and five years later I, I just feel, and obviously with Sasha's help as well, mm. we've just, we've accomplished that. And obviously there's a world of classical music still left to explore. And we have loved, you know, we could very, we could continue and we would love to continue. But I just feel like we did what we came to do. We've loved every minute and we just kind of want to leave it there and, and leave it on a high and, you know, leave you guys to explore on, on your own terms and with our help. We'll always, all of our content will, will stay there. So we'll be there whenever you need us. But I don't know, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I think also I want to add to what Kelly's saying there that, you know, I keep coming back to this idea of like a podcast is a creative outlet. It is a creative mm. pursuit of what you're doing. And with creation comes evolution as kumbaya as that sounds. But Sometimes you as a person, as you get older and as your life changes and as you're doing different things, um, the way that you're evolving might change from the thing that you're trying to make. And, you know, as Kelly said, we're not in our 20s anymore. We oh, are God, getting I'm, older. I'm honestly, 30 years of age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. our lives are changing and we've got different responsibilities and we've got different day jobs. And sometimes it means that what that classical podcast means to us is no longer as much as what we're able to do every month. So I feel for me, it's like, it's just, I'd, I'd like to really finish it with a bang and with like this really positive sentiment than to drag it to its unwieldy death. With a like, sad fart. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Grey's Anatomy is on what? Season oh 17. Don't even, yeah, The Walking Dead. We don't want to become a We don't want to be drama. The Walking Dead of podcasts. No, we don't. <laughs> And yeah, yeah I, I think it, as you were saying, we have all these, you know, we could keep going with the podcast. We have a lot of vision for what it could be, but we don't have the ability to do it. <laughs> and I think that's the tragedy because as we said in our kind of goodbye messages on social media, there are other classical podcasts who are mm. just like smashing it and they're doing those things. And we're just like, 
let him do it. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, these these guys are really, are really nailing it. And we're just so happy that that even exists because five years ago, there was nobody doing that. Mm. So mm. Um, I'm not going to say we paved the way for them, <laughs> but I will say we're happy to, to hand over. And it's bittersweet, but I, mm. I think it's the right decision. And thank you guys for understanding everything. Obviously, we're really sad mm. uh, not to keep going, but... We do have some questions. We asked you guys to ask us anything. Yeah. And ask you did. <laughs> you did. It's so exciting. I think I was going to start with, because I think it's a really nice way to kick off. After we've been talking about this idea of like our lives changing and um, mm. where we're at. And Suzanne asked, I'd love to hear about what exciting new directions your lives are headed Mm-hmm. Which I just think is such a nice and um, yeah. nice like message to ask us when we've just told her that we're ending her favorite podcast. Um, I know, right? <laughs> um, but I I want to hear Kelly like I, I mean I suspect I know seeing as we talk a lot maybe but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, what if you want to tell us a little bit about what's happening? Oh, that's such a good question, Suzanne. I think I'm definitely going to use this opportunity to take a trip down memory lane. I think because. Uh, to to talk about the new directions i think i'll have to chat about the old directions first um because you know this podcast when we started it you know those first terrible episodes chris and i had and i'm not there's no exaggeration here no bloody clue (laughs) what (laughs) we were doing um i'd never worked with a microphone before like outside of like singing and and recording things like for voice like that and I'd never the only podcast I'd ever listened to was Serial that was the only Mm. podcast I'd ever ever listened to and that was about murder so I didn't really know like (laughs) what to do so Chris and I were sharing one microphone uh, Mm. in his flatmate's room we didn't have a pop shield so we used a pair of pants (laughs) held up to the (laughs) microphone as a pop shield Um, we had a lot of fun and, you know, that was the start of my audio career, <laughs> uh, this podcast was. And since that time, I got uh, jobs in, in podcasting. I got jobs, well, I, I was worked with Sasha at a classical radio station. And now I work for one of the world's biggest streaming platforms uh, and I do their classical music. <laughs> so... This podcast has led me in the most exciting of new directions. And I have all of you listeners to thank um, for that. Mm. And, you know, the the amazing thing is, yes, Chris and I and Sasha and I work hard to bring classical music to a new generation. That's what we've been doing Mm. with this podcast. And I'm so lucky because I'm still going to do that in my daily work. That's all I want to do you know in terms of music streaming I want to bring classical music to people who might not have given it a chance and what I'm trying to do is kind of open up what classical music really means today for everyone and you know so include things like soundtracks in that and and very new classical music ambient music all this stuff so that that's you know my current direction and also on a more personal note Part of the reason I started this podcast was because I'd been dumped horribly (laughs) by someone, (laughs) genuinely, and I was really hurt and pretty, you know, felt pretty bad. And, you know, just, you know, when your life is just a bit empty after someone, you know, leaves it. Um, never date a solicitor. That's just my bit of advice. Uh, but and and when I crawled out of that kind of sad girl 
you know, mm. moment. I wanted to create something for me that brought me joy and a sense of self-worth that mm. gave my days kind of purpose outside of a nine to five job. And making this podcast brought me all of those things and more that I dreamed of, you know. Mm. And now I'm engaged to the love of my <laughs> life. I'm going to get married uh, in about 18 months time. So what I would say as well is, that, you know, my life has really gone in a new direction, you know, from getting dumped to, to getting married. And honestly, <laughs> I, I, I am, it, it all links into this podcast because mm. I feel like passion projects, whatever you'd like to call it, side hustles, mm. they lead to happiness in all sorts of ways and all sorts of unexpected ways. Whether it's, you know, like for me, I really just, it was a sense of achievement, a sense of self-worth and, and, you know, confidence and, and happiness and joy, you know. Mm. And if you're, if you're joyful, if you're happy, I feel like you just, yeah, it, it brings you opportunities you'd, you'd never even, you know, foresee. So that's my other new direction um, in life. So I'm very excited about it. Kelly, that's so beautiful. That was so <laughs> nice. Cheesy. Sorry, no. it was cheesy. I, you know me, I love cheese and I love romance and I oh. love wearing your heart on your sleeve. So There'll be I so think, much more cheese. I think that's wonderful. But you tell us now, Sasha, the new directions your, your life has had. Go yeah, on. look, I, obviously I got to join the podcast when it was up and running and Kelly mentioned before we both worked at a radio station and I was working as a producer, which if you're familiar with what that means, you're very much behind the scenes. Um, you don't get your chance to shine in the spotlight, so to speak. You're in the trenches. You're, <laughs> you're in, the, in trenches. the trenches. You're yeah. the um yeah, you're the lighting man. You're not the person in the spotlight. Um Aww. and you know, Kelly and I, I would say you were my work wife when we were there. And oh, a thousand percent. Do you remember like every morning we'd like meet in the kitchen and either cry on each other or laugh on each other. I know. Or shout and we just at, had like with each other. So much yeah. fun. And we would complain about oh, mutual right. nemesis, but yeah. also like <laughs> nemesis. nemesis, but we'd also like have yeah. um, people at the station who we loved and we got to work yeah. with amazing talent. And I learned a lot, but I just didn't feel like I had an outlet to be behind the mic and be sharing my passion. Mm. I was writing down my passion for other people to read. And so this was just like oh. such a great opportunity for me to share my joy and my perspective on classical music with this audience. And I've got to say, like, I was so, so anxious about coming um, oh, on no. board because I just thought that like, Whenever you say goodbye to someone that you love, and obviously the audience loved Chris so much, um, mm, and mm, I was mm. really touched at how welcoming everyone was um, yeah. and that we didn't get any hate mail. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> like, come on. We didn't it, get it was... any emails being like, send her how back to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> go home. Um, go home. But then um, I think... You know, we we try to keep this podcast as positive as possible. And so I don't want to dwell on it. But the last 18 months were really challenging as an expat, as someone who was living on the other side of the world at the beginning mm. of 2020. And so I made the decision to go home to Australia, which meant leaving my job, which was my dream job. And it meant leaving Kelly on the other side of the hem of the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> not sure when we will see each other again mm -hmm. um and but with that so I, I just share that as like that's a reality of you know moving back um but with that has become has come 
a new opportunity for me in that I now work full time in podcasting, but I've moved out of the artistic field. Like, you know, I've had 10 years working prior to this in classical music. I worked with a touring opera company. I worked with the Royal Opera House and I worked for a classical music station back in Australia and I'd worked for some chamber music presenting groups and some big um, presenting centers. And so for me, I'm now working in the investing space in financial (laughs) media, um, producing five podcasts a week that all talk about investing for millennials. And so when Kelly was talking about before of like, you know, we know the industry and we can see what other people, what other classical podcasts are doing now and they have full Mm. teams and they have producers and they have big budgets (laughs) and they have access to sound libraries and because we both work in audio, we we see what we're competing with. And sometimes you just have to make the assessment of like, what's it going to take to take this podcast from what it's always been for us, which is a joyful hobby for us to share our passion, huh. to be a professional podcast that can compete against these big hard hitters. And I think we can just say for both of us that we would prefer this to be this beautiful, joyous podcast that's done so much for so many people than try to make it like our day jobs. The point is, we're mm. fine, guys. We're yeah. going to be absolutely fine. And um, and we're still good friends. I don't think anyone's, still good I don't think anyone's yeah, exactly. messaged us that being like, um, no, do you hate each no. other? But exactly. we definitely There's- are very good friends and still exactly. contact each other. But I think we should go to the other end of Suzanne's question, Sasha, which is yeah. to commemorate the ending <laughs> of this pod. This was great, Suzanne. To commemorate the ending of this pod, what are your favorite pieces about death? And I mean, what a question, Suzanne. I'm going to say, now this is a bit of an arty uh, mm. answer and I'm sorry, but I think my favorite, and actually it's quite nice because it, it, it was, I think, in our second episode, but it's Debussy's Chanson de Bilitis, which is kind of about the death of love. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. But it's like, you know, if you remember that the first kind of part of it is, you know, new love and flirting and la bouche mm. sur la bouche, you know, all this like kissing uh, or yeah, and climaxes. Um, and then at the end, it's like all the satyrs are dead and love is dead and it's cold. Uh, and um, Oh, the French really know is... how to paint a picture, don't they? Oh, they really don't they just. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely my favorite um, about death. Sasha, what, what's yours? Mine is Rachmaninoff's Isle of the Dead. And I've got to say, I don't actually know the storyline. Um, mm. It just has dead in the title. Um, Wasn't but, it from a picture? You know, it probably was. Um, yeah. But mm. I remember that when I was about 17, the London Philharmonic Orchestra toured Australia and mm. they played this at the beginning of the concert. And the opening, I had never heard anything like it. And I remember Mm. just like not believing that what the orchestra in front of me, because I think until Mm. that point, I'd only really heard school orchestras. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, how is that sound? real happening like i just is it like don't... the waves like the monotonous yeah, i think waves. it's just the yeah. way that mm. the this uh, from memory the strings kind of just build up out of nowhere mm. and it just kind of like 
airy. It was just this richness and this like precision that the LPO play with that was just extraordinary. And I just Gorgeous. remember like my mind was blown and I was just like, I can't. How, where has this been my whole life? I can't deal with it. So, yeah, I just think that that's probably my favorite because other ones or actually my other, I'm not supposed to have two, is the Earl Koenig um, by Schubert mm. because mm. it's just a great singer doing it. Mm. It's mm. like all the characters and then the little boy at the end mm. just dead. Um, and also sometimes <laughs> I sing around the house to my dad like, mein Vater, mein Vater. It's just a really like, yeah. great tune actually i've got is there um a classical melody or like one or two bars of classical melody that comes into your head like all the time like when you're around the house like is because i have a couple you know i don't know why but the second you said classical tune into your head i just started getting like da 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 from ina kleiner knock music it, that's Ina oh Kleiner, right? <laughs> no, that's Boccherini. Is la, it? La, 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 Babe, we did oh that. Like, God, so I'm getting so confused. Oh, no. This is my Not mind. <laughs> is it? Oh, oh, I so need funny. to look it up. Because do you remember Tom Tom Hanks? You forgot to oh, play it to Tom Hanks. Oh, my God. I did. Do you did. remember? How do I remember this? <laughs> because it's that stupid <laughs> quintet. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, it's the worst. Um, but uh, do you know, for me, it's it's a couple. It's um, Shostakovich cello concerto number one. Bum 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 reveal what a nerd i am that sometimes like i mean i think now is the only it's the last time sometimes if i'm going to another musician's house or someone who i think will get the joke this and i love it yeah i'll like knock i'll knock the pattern of the rite of spring like you knock it it? yeah it's like um, please knock it (laughs) now i'm gonna get performance anxiety um yeah Ow, and now my ri- now my knuckles are really <laughs> But hey, I think this leads us neatly on because a- another mm. um a lot of you also asked for our sort of like desert island five to eight yes. kind of uh favorite classical moments. Mm-hmm. And I mean I think I think since we're getting into the music, let's 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 give the people what they want, Sasha. Let's talk about our faves this is such a treat kelly because i think we've done so much music content but i don't think i've ever asked you what your top what the eight pieces you would say from the waves if you had to oh if you had your record player on your deserted island in hawaii i don't know yeah. why you're in hawaii but you know so difficult no it's always beautiful. Hawaii, in my mind um <laughs> It, the thing is, I'm going to be really boring because so many of mine I've featured already on the podcast. And yeah. I am a true believer in that, like, you don't have to like the weirdest, most niche classical things mm-hmm. to be a true classical fan. If mm-hmm. something's got a banging melody and you like it, 
don't be embarrassed just because it's quite a famous classical tune. Like you mm-hmm. can enjoy that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm definitely one of those people. I like, I'm a simple woman. <laughs> I just like a melody <laughs> that's nice. Just give um, me a tune. Just give me a tune. <laughs> but I love it. But I have to say, like, so we did eight each and mm-hmm. it was difficult. But these are the ones that came to mind for me. Okay, great. So... First, I chose, and I don't have any specific performers, by the way, because it really doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, yeah. But any of Grieg's lyric pieces, Lovely. Uh, the first one, yeah, I just, I could listen to them all day, every day. They're mm-hmm. just stunning. I want to play them uh, all the time. And I chose just Arietta, which is the first one, mm-hmm. uh, because that's really beautiful and it always calms me down it makes me think of like a beautiful green field sitting under the shade of a tree or something it's gorgeous and then I chose all of Miroir by Ravel because (laughs) that was one of the first things I spoke about yeah um, on the podcast I also chose Prokofiev's uh, classical symphony which I don't think I've ever spoken about but do you know why I chose it Sasha like most of it is nice but there's this one bit in the middle yeah that just like sends me <laughs> every time and it's like da, 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 da. Oh, I'll, i'm sure it's playing gonna, underneath right yeah. now but it's um it's really beautiful it sounds like it's like fresh as a daisy like it was written yesterday and it's just wow. really stunning i then chose claire de lune by Debussy oh, what a classic I'm, do you know what I am walking down the aisle to Claire de Lune oh, and I'm you? not ashamed to say it. Yeah. On I the am. organ? Uh, Sorry. Uh, on the organ. <laughs> on the bassoon. <laughs> and just, um, the, you know, the instrumentation <laughs> is important, Kelly. No. <laughs> I actually am going to be really bougie. I'm going to get a harp. I'm going to get a harpist to play it. Nothing yeah. bougie. I mean, there is a lot bougie about that, but That's I love bougie, it. No, I love it. Really, yeah. Do you know what I'm going to do? And I'll share this with the world. Mm. Um, I'm gonna, cause I also love jazz. That's um, yeah. another kind of genre that I'm, I absolutely mm-hmm. adore. You also and, love eighties bangers that, and I love eighties bangers, <laughs> and I love um, Eurobeat Japanese trash music. <laughs> but um, the thing is, so I, because it's like a tale of two cities there, mm. and my fiance Bryn doesn't uh, get a say. I'm gonna walk down the, aisle, I'm gonna walk down the aisle to uh, Claire de Lune, and then we're gonna exit to a jazz piece oh, like a really nice. fun jazz piece on the piano but anyway so there, there we go not not traditional so mm. anyway Claire de Lune is uh my fourth one my fifth one I've already spoken about it it's the rite of spring because I just thought to myself if I ever want to scare the bejesus out of myself <laughs> on that <laughs> island uh if I ever need to wake up for any reason yeah um, I will listen to that it's just the scariest piece of music I've mm. ever listened to and will ever listen to. I love the fear that it strikes mm. into my soul every time. Then number six, I've chosen Electric Counterpoint, The Fast Movement by Steve Reich. I just love Steve Reich. I think mm. he can do no wrong in my eyes. I mean, it's maybe just... he stole someone's lunch money when he was like in grade five. Maybe so he's that probably was wrong done some bad. Should... A tone, <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's, it's he writes such awesome, cool music. Yeah. He really reinvented what classical meant, um, mm. which was great. Seven, I've chosen Arvo Pet Fratres, um, the version for twelve, twelve okay. celli. Oh, because it like makes me think. 
it just makes me really thinky. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were going to um, like add an extra word. In. Like, it oh, makes no, me no, think no, about. No, no. In a very life. general sense, no. it just makes me think. No, I, there's a kind mm. of um, sadness about it, a mm. melancholy kind of um, mm. thoughtfulness about it. Yeah. And it's one of the most beautiful pieces. I just can't get enough. And um, the last piece I've chosen, which is mm. kind of a wild card, is called Where All Roses Go, which is a setting of a work by the Irish poet Francis Ledwidge. Not mm. very well known. I've got a kind of a cappella version of it on, on my list, arranged by Michael McGlynn. And mm. the, the thing, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jeff Buckley. And mm. weirdly, I, and I, I was listening to a lot of Jeff Buckley at the time when I discovered this piece and weirdly Michael McGlynn had been inspired by Jeff Buckley when he arranged it and oh. it was all just very spooky that I found it at this time when um, I was obsessing a bit about Jeff but anyway please listen to it I can't even convey it's just the most beautiful arrangement of a poem I've ever heard and I think you'll fall in love with it too I could I could listen to it all day every day honestly oh, and those that. are my eight those are my eight I mean I wouldn't say I think my eight favorite pieces would change once a week I'm sure yours would too mm -hmm. Sasha mm -hmm. but um actually tell, tell us yours Let, well, let's go straight I was into yours just about to say that I picked my eight this week but I th I'm really thinking this is going to be a little time capsule and that if I come back to this episode in a year's time, I'd be like, oh, really? I'd swap this out. I'd swap I know, that out. So yeah, terrible. Mm. I think also like it's definitely a reflection of what I want to listen to on repeat on a desert island right now. But um, my mm. first piece is Just by David Lang, which I think you've talked about on an episode. The Song of Songs. Yes, after yeah. Song of Songs. And I... I just think David Lang can do no wrong. I love his <laughs> Apart music. Apart from when he stole that kid's lunch money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, there was a couple of others that I struggled to choose between, but he's got this approach to contemporary composition where it's minimalist and it's repetitive and it's simple, but it's interesting and it has this deep deep sadness about it but oh it's yeah. so it's so still and it's so reflective and by listening to it I just feel like it's unlocking a part of my brain and a part of my thinking that it, it what the best music does I think is that makes you just reflect on and think as you said about things it's exactly think not yeah. about anything in particular but just think just also think. this was also since i shared in the um uh pagliacci episode mm. about being dumped and listening to classical music this was another piece <laughs> i listened to on repeat on repeat uh when i got dumped once over text during <sighs> jurassic world <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> why were you uh, checking your phone during the movie? Oh no, it was after the movie. Okay, and then I, I was like, my Kelly. And he was like, how about no? And I was like, oh no. And then I went home and I lay on my bed and I just listened to this piece. Oh, this was like God, maybe Kelly. five years ago, almost, or maybe four years ago. I've got to say, this is something that I listen to when I'm trying to process it's sad a good emotions. One. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah, so yeah. beautiful. It's a but one. obviously yeah. you don't want to wallow for too um, long. Yes, but you do. No, no, you go, wallow for as long as you want. Wallow for as long as you enjoy want. Enjoy the wallowing. But my second mm. choice is what I listen to when I'm trying 
not to wallow. And I think I talked about it when we did our lockdown series, which we released last year. And it's, um, my French is shocking, but Le Boyard by Rameau. Oh, yeah. Lovely. And it's act for scene for um, Entrance of the Muses. And it's from an, like, I discovered this off an album called The Sound of Light, Rameau, The Sound of Light. And this piece sounds like light to me. It sounds like there's mm. something about the descant that's like, like, it's just a scale, but the pace and the tempo that it goes at is just exactly what an exhale should be. And so every time I listen to it, I just time my exhale breath to that phrase and it just Mm. instantly makes me feel really calm and centered. And I just feel like it's serenity. Like this piece is just serenity for me Mm -hmm. in the purest Mm -hmm. sense. Like it's that sense of white light, um, I've been watching too much Sydney Lux listings on Amazon Prime, but like it's a white, glossy, luxurious, serene <laughs> home um, oh where God. nothing yeah. can go wrong. So that's my second choice. And then my third choice is a recentish discovery for me. Mm-hmm, um, I've mm-hmm. always loved Janacek, but I didn't know his piano music particularly well. And this is from, this is the seventh movement of On an Overgrown Path. I think you'll start to notice something with my choices, which is I love listening to music that gives me easy access to like a visualization or like a different oh, memory I'm or exactly something. the same. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And this one, I mean, it's all in the title for me. It's on an overgrown path. And when I listen to it, I can hear, I can see myself in a forest that mm. I can smell the earth. I can... Mm sense the temperature of the day I can sense that it's cold I can feel what it would be like to walk through that space this music is just like the perfect soundtrack oh, for it lovely. Yeah, yeah and I just think um there's something about that smell of like woody earth you know when you go for a, a really oh yeah mm-hmm, great walk mm-hmm. and there's just something so distinct about it and this piece mm-hmm. just like I can just shut my eyes and listen to it and I just am overwhelmed by all those senses my fourth choice is tchaikovsky's symphony number six the pathetic i've picked Mm -hmm. my fave i don't i talked about it a lot in a previous episode um it's got really sent high sentimental value for me um i just think it's like you just know exactly how tchaikovsky's feeling i think he communicates all his thoughts through this symphony and I just love it um my fifth choice is Undie Music by Schubert I really Mm -hmm. struggled over a Schubert choice because I I was gonna put two in (laughs) you love a leader I love a leader and I was gonna put in Death and the Maiden the string quartet because I love the slow movement even though it is overdone and even though I know Lots of people have had it too many times. Um, that was my honorary mention. But Andy Music, Ellie Emmerling singing. It's such a perfect melody. It's such mm. a perfect Schubert, better than anyone else. Just knows how to paint a miniature. Like he knows how to make a Aww. piece just fit in a yeah, tiny little space. Right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, Small but perfectly formed. Yeah, and I always think that this is, I mean, this is super dark, Kelly. But I also, okay. I always think that this is what I'd play at my funeral because it's like, okay. yeah. it's happy, but 
but it's reflective. But it's okay. also like That's nice. That's about classy. music. Yeah, I, I think like so. It's not like I, yeah. encouraging everyone to cry too much. But it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not joking kind of thing. Sixth choice is Quintet by Michael Kamen, who is a contemporary composer who actually worked with um, Metallica to do their S&M album with San Francisco Symphony when they like orchestrated all of the Metallica songs for Full Symphony Orchestra. And Michael Kamen was the composer who actually did all orchestrations. It is an awesome album and I became obsessed with it when I was at uni. Um, (laughs) And then I went and tried to find other music that Michael Kamen had written and this quintet by Canadian Brass, like I'd heard years before and I didn't realize it was the same um, people. Um, and I, he, he died really young, um, Michael Kamen, so there's not actually that much music out there. He did a bit of film scoring and stuff. I was going to um, say Band of Brothers, right? Yeah, Band of Brothers, yeah. And I think this is like also great and very much in that same, if you like the Band of Brothers theme song, which I did then you'll also mm. like this. Number seven, returning to my love of the leader, Kelly. Um, and this is <laughs> <laughs> this is um, Schumann, uh, Frauenlieber und Leben, um, which is a song cycle for a woman's voice. Um, this particular performance, I think, is so beautiful. But a lot of people write about, this piece gets a bad rap because you know it was written in the 1800s and it is kind of sexist because it's basically just supposed to be a woman's life and love and it starts and she's like i really want to get married oh my god um i love men like who am i gonna marry i'm so innocent Ooh, and then it's basically like she meets her boyfriend and she falls in love and then there's a whole song about how much she loves her ring because her ring is really glittery oh. and she loves it. I mean, um, I understand that. <laughs> I know, but and then it's like she yeah, there's more has like. has her baby, and then she's like, "Oh my god, I've got a baby!" Oh. Um, okay, yeah. And then at the end, it's like the last song is he's died, and she's like, "Oh god, my life is over. He's dead." Oh dear. So it does reduce a woman's life to that of the man that she chose to marry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's still so much that can be expressed through through that and i just think this particular song oh it's so stunning and it's so beautiful and it's just an expression of love like this one in particular she's singing about how much she loves her new husband and i just imagine like oh it's just beautiful listen to it and you'll think it's beautiful and i'm sure we will and if you don't then go argue with someone else keep it to yourself (laughs) i love it yeah Yeah, um and then my last choice is Sibelius Symphony Number no. Five, and oh, gorgeous! Yeah, and I think um, I was listening to this this afternoon because I was like, "Oh, is this what I want to add in?" And I thought, "Yes," and I'm gonna go mm. really, um, really earnest with my metaphor here, Kelly, and go I'm gonna it, say please. that I, I think this last movement is just a bit like life. You know, like oh, it yeah. has this bit that's like with the horns when they come in and it's like da 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 like and it goes oh. over and over again and I just think that's like you know those moments in life when you're like everything's going really well, I'm in love, I'm having the greatest oh. time, my job's amazing, I'm um I'm firing at all cylinders, like life is great. And oh. then 
it changes a little bit and like sometimes things go wrong maybe um your relationship breaks up maybe you lose your job maybe you change jobs maybe life's a little bit hard again but then it's good again and I just think um even the the awful bits in this symphony have like this endless optimism that runs through oh and it just makes me feel really good that things are gonna be okay so that's how I wanted to end it (laughs) yeah a, a lovely final desert island disc in that sense yeah yeah. Uh, much better than the Rite of Spring. No, <laughs> which is nothing wrong with the Rite of Spring, <laughs> which you can also use as an excellent ringtone. Oh, oh dear. Oh yeah, exactly. For an actual physical door if yeah, you go outside. Exactly. So those were our sort of desert island mm-hmm. moments. The other question that we got, Kelly, and I'm not sure whether we're qualified to answer this, mm. um, but I guess we can just give our thoughts. Um, someone's asked uh, how we feel about the future of classical music. What's a question? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so well, actually, a- as I said, um, as I kind of mentioned, like I, I'm super passionate about changing perceptions mm. uh, when it comes to classical music, and I'm in a position where I can try to do mm. that, uh, which is amazing. Uh, the future of classical music, I think. You know, what we try to do on this podcast, it needs to be more inclusive. It needs to be a more welcoming genre. And I wish that just anyone who's still trying to make it um, a club needs to just like stop. I I feel (laughs) that the future, like we just need to embrace what classical music is today, where it comes from, who makes it where it gets popular you know whether that's on sorry i sound really old now but like tiktok if tiktok gets classical music out there there's nothing wrong with that you know like i think the more weird and wonderful ways that people discover it the better um i've definitely ever since i was at university it's one of those things that was said is that you can find publications back in the 1800s that were writing classical music or you know good music in quotation marks is dying and the young people these days don't know what good music is and I think people have been saying that since basically music was invented (laughs) um and so I think like sometimes the industry gets a bit despondent and goes like oh what could we do to be hip and cool but my belief has always been that recognizing that people are at different journeys on exploring music because we know And we definitely know this, Kelly, that like I've been listening to this style of music since I was like 14. Mm. And there's a whole world of stuff that I don't know. And I've spent, you know, the good right. part exactly. of 15 years like studying it. Um, and I think there's people who would be in their 60s who would be like, I still don't know everything. I still haven't listened to anything, everything. And so I think like it's about being welcoming and it's about you know, sharing your enthusiasm and being really genuine about your enthusiasm and inviting people to come along and sharing it with you. So next time you're going to a classical concert, like invite someone to be your date and go and share what you love. Because I think people respond to enthusiasm and people respond to joy. And so if you can go and talk about how much you love it, then... I think that's the best way. If you if you're worried about the future of it, then you know get involved and be a part of it. And, get people in, yeah, and share why you love it with your friends and family. Um, I had a question for you, Kelly, which was oh. inspired from Laurel's okay. suggestion of Twitter, oh, yeah. which was, "What's mm. your earliest classical music memory or the first piece 
that you remember really connecting with in terms of like really connecting with Mm. uh as a pianist i would Mm. say beethoven's um moonlight sonata because i remember i hated practicing piano and i hated my piano lessons uh when i was a kid but when i played moonlight sonata and when i was learning it uh, it was the first time I really tried to put a lot of emotion and like feeling into a piece when I was playing it. And I think I was like nine or oh. something, kind of eight or nine. And yeah, I think that's my earliest like connection to classical mm. music. And then more emotionally, that came when I was a teenager, probably. And mm. I started kind of listening to things. Um, and I really loved Mozart when I was a teenager. My God, what a. <laughs> what's wrong with me no I'm joking I I love myself but yeah I don't know what about you Sasha oh it's really hard because I'm not I'm not sure but I would say that mine is listening to Fantasia as or watching Mm. Fantasia as a kid I remember watching it on repeat and Mm. I definitely loved um the Rite of Spring but I also loved like as a kid that's the scary no the scary ones um Night on Bear oh, Mountain. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right in that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. And then yeah, um, yeah. I loved Beethoven Six with all the like centaurs and unicorns, and okay. I just yeah. I think for me that was it was really understand by watching Fantasia. It was really understanding how much storytelling is in music, and that's mm. I think like now that my job is so much about storytelling and so much about like learning to like distill. Well, that's really been my whole career, actually, is about, like, understanding how to communicate ideas with people. So I think that was one one of the earliest examples of, like, it's not hard to feel an emotional reaction to something. And it's not hard to, like, tell a story through through art and through music. And Mm. Fantasia for me was, like, really important in putting those thoughts together. Um, Now that I think about it, probably at the time, like, at the time I was just busy dressing up like a unicorn and running around my right house standard um, um yeah activity. exactly yeah. i think i'd also like this has all made me think about again like the reasons that we started this podcast was because mm. classical music gives you an emotional reaction in my opinion like mm. no other and i remember thinking throughout my um life when people say that they think classical music is boring mm. they clearly have never listened to yeah. it or found a piece that they might like or never really given it a chance because, and, and I felt like I wanted people to, to get the chance to have an emotional reaction to classical music because it's like, it's like refusing to try tomatoes and then <laughs> like, no, seriously, it is. It's no, like it's so good. You've, you've missed out on an entire flavor in life mm. if you refuse to try a tomato. Mm. Because if you try a tomato, you might actually really like it and you might add it to all of your food every day and, and you know, you eat tomato every day. But what I'm trying to say is, like, <laughs> I, I do think classical music is just one of the spices of life, like, without being um, lame about it. <laughs> and I just wanted everyone to have that spice. Oh, I think that's, that's really all. lovely. Well, I hope we've answered a lot of the questions that everyone had. Sorry if we've sort of gone on of it. We've just gone into our own world of, of chit-chat. There was another... You know, someone did ask, are you going to make another podcast again? Or like, are you going to write about classical music? Or like, what Mm. can people do if they want to keep, like, 
keep tabs on how you're doing and just like see like can they follow you on twitter or like what's the best way to do yeah that? oh good question i mean yeah. just um you know what i'll just be honest with you if you listen to spotify classical music put uh playlists that's that's a that's me. <laughs> so, um, you're like the revealing the Wizard of Oz, like who the yeah, person so, is behind. Yeah, I'll take responsibility for the um, for the terrible taste <laughs> in those playlists. <laughs> uh, but you know that's that's how you can keep tabs on me. I'll just be um, I'll be there, mm-hmm. and yeah, follow me on Twitter as well. I probably will start like ramping up my personal account a bit more with um, mm. weird classical stuff. But mm-hmm. how about you, Sasha? Where can people find you? Yeah, so the best way to keep track of me is probably on my Twitter and um, and Instagram if you're interested. But I'm the head of production at Equity Mates Media, which is, as I said, all about investing, which, you know, in the Venn diagram of classical music and um, financial media, probably not a big overlap. But if that is an interest of yours, like, do come and listen to us. I'm really proud of the work we're doing. But yeah, just follow me on on all the socials and when I come up with my next creative <laughs> venture, then that's the way to find out. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I really I'm thinking I might maybe start a soundtrack podcast, but I haven't mm. decided whether I'm gonna do that. I don't know. I don't know. But um You do know so much about Soundtracks. I just, do you know, do you know what? I just want to do the nerdiest little soundtrack podcast you've ever heard, Sasha. I just want it to oh. be dweeby in the best way. I love it because I've got this dream to do a, like a playlist podcast where it's like every month I release a classical playlist for you to listen to with my mm. voice just That's telling you why idea. it's good. So great maybe idea. we need to go do our separate little just we just do projects. Little, like little projects that don't yeah exactly no one listens to but it's fine yeah it's just um, us yeah but you know like on that point I gotta say again like thanks to everyone and when it comes to little projects and like I was saying earlier like little side hustles I guess you know from my point of view I would I owe a lot of thanks to everyone who underestimated me all those years ago because. When people tell me I can't do something, I want to do it a thousand times more. Does anyone else get this? When like you want to prove someone wrong with the burning passion of a thousand suns. And when people underestimate me, it makes me determined to to prove them wrong, to prove to myself that I'm capable and I can do whatever I put my mind to. So look, I, I would just say as like parting words of advice to any listener out there who's thinking of doing something creative or like starting a project if someone's out there doubting you if people underestimate you and aren't kind of supporting you as you would have liked Mm. please use that as your own personal rocket fuel to just Mm. go for it because this podcast is just the proof that if you work hard at something and if you focus on what you're doing not what other people are doing you know just focus on what you're doing and if you truly believe that you've got a great idea and that you have the ability to do it Mm. you can 100% change your life you can absolutely change your life that's what I did and I just want to you know this podcast is just the living proof that you can do whatever you you put your mind to oh Kelly that's so beautiful you know, but I, but I have all of the listeners to thank Sasha. I have you to thank and, and Chris and everything. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, no. just do what makes you happy, everyone, and, and make something, create, create something that, that brings you joy. 
um, because you you would never regret it. And yeah, I mean, what else is there to say, Sasha? <laughs> well, I've got a little note that I just wanted to read to say thank you to the listeners. I wanted to say a huge thank you from me to you, Kelly, and to Chris because you trusted me to take on the baton, <laughs> a baton, so to speak, in the both a, yeah. a relay race and a musical sense um, <laughs> yeah. a couple of yeah. years ago. I know it's always hard to say goodbye to someone. I've, I've written this down, so it sounds like I'm reading. I know it's always hard to say goodbye to someone you love, but when I took over from Chris, I felt so welcomed by the community and supported for my band nerd euphonium playing self. And I don't think... <laughs> It's too big to say that both you, Kelly, and the podcast and the listeners saw me through some really big changes in my last year, like jobs, countries, haircuts, and um, <laughs> and I think that um, music for me really helped me through the loneliness of lockdown. So I just wanted to say, please keep exploring, please keep listening. And please keep your enthusiasm for whatever music that you choose to enjoy. No one should judge you for it and no one should take that joy away from you. It's it's yours and it's really precious. So that's my little um, thank oh, you. Oh, Sasha. <laughs> I actually could not put it better myself. And I think, like, let's end, let's end on that. And I second, like, please never stop exploring classical music. If we've helped you find it, we're so, so thrilled. And, you know, if you ever want to tell us about what you discover, that classical email at gmail.com will always be open and we will be checking it probably for the rest of our lives, <laughs> just in case anyone wants to On our to deathbeds, like from the Titanic, yeah, exactly. just being like, I, I remember. <laughs> um, oh. And like, I just have had so much fun. I couldn't possibly choose a favorite moment. Every single moment when you made me laugh, Sasha, and when Chris <laughs> made me laugh. And, you know, I'm the, I, I just, I'm now lost for words, which is a very rare occurrence for me, but thank you everyone. And everyone, please take care. Good luck in everything that you do. And goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Adieu. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs>